Do you want to talk about how you're feeling right now? Oh, so many questions. What does this mean? What do I do? <laughs> Go on! Tell them what you think! I liked it. I think your calculations may have been off. I think it's all right. I just have a lot of feelings. This pleases me. These are perfectly normal feelings. Do you even know what you sound like when you talk like that? Now, shall we begin? I know, it's all wrong. By rights, we shouldn't even be reviewing the two towers by itself. But here we are. It's like in the great episodes, Drew and Jack. The downloads that really mattered. Full of one-liners and inside jokes they were. And sometimes, we didn't know how the episode would end. Because how could the ending be the realest, or the feelest? How could Jack talk the next Patreon special when last week's was so inspiring? But even the episode, it's only a grab baggin, a download. Even Riker's beard must pass, and a new season will come. And when those Patreons have had their picks, those episodes will close out the year. Those were the movies that really scared me, and thrilled me. Even if I didn't know the picks till the week before, or understood why they picked it. And I think, Drew, I get it. I understand now, Jack. That us hosts, we had a lot of chances of lowering our volume. Only we didn't. We kept turning it up. Because we got something to podcast about. But Nathan, what are we podcasting for? The only epic fantasy worth a damn after Game of Thrones. And it's worth podcasting about. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Roll hero! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Real Feels Podcast. I am uh, Urukai number four that gets shot off the uh, Helm's Deep wall. I am uh, Gimli, son of Gloin. (laughs) Also is Drew. (laughs) Jacked off the gray. Oh! That is what they used to call me. I am jacked (laughs) off the white. And I come to you now at the turn of the the season. It's no Uh. longer the Rohirrim. It's the Rohalem. The Rohalem. (laughs) (laughs) And this week we are reviewing The Two Towers by Peter Jackson, extended edition for all you poor people out there. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) It's, I don't know. Can can you afford the extra 55 minutes? (laughs) What is an elf, a man, and a dwarf doing in the Zimmermark? this uh, is this is my choice for epic fantasy, mainly because I wanted to do a Lord of the Rings film. I I love them, and this was when I first watched watched it. I mean, long time ago. This blew my mind. This fight, the the Battle of Helm's Deep, the stories, nothing concluding, everything still um, just this weird middle segment, but yet so impactful. The Empire Strikes Back of of Tolkien. Yes. What business does an elf, a man, and a dwarf have in the Ritter Mark? Speak quickly! We track a band of Urukai westward across the plain. They've taken two of our friends captive. Look for your friends, but do not trust to hope. It has forsaken these lands. We're lost. I don't think Gandalf meant for us to come this way. He didn't mean for a lot of things to happen, Sam. It cannot be. 
I come back to you now, at the turn of the tide. Saruman's forces have begun their attack. He is using Saruman to destroy your people. They were unarmed. They had no warning. This is but a taste of the terror that Saruman will unleash. You must fight. I will not risk open war. Open war is upon you, whether you would risk it or not. A new power is rising. Its victory is at hand. Army bred for a single purpose to destroy the world of men. You must lead the people to Helm's Deep. I order the king! The city must empty! Where is she? The woman who gave you that jewel? The alliance between men and elves is over. Our time here is ending. Arwen's time is ending. Let her go. Leave it. No! You know the way to Mordor. There will be no dawn for men. It's the ring. Bruno! It's taking hold of you. You have the gift of foresight. Tell me what you have seen. He is not coming back. The defenses have to hold. They will hold. There is nothing for you here. Only death. There is still hope. So this is why I picked this one. I, I apologize if anyone was hoping that we would do Fellowship or Return of the King or... Oh, I will be doing Return of the King on my plane ride coming <laughs> yeah, up. When, yeah. I, when I finished this last night, I was like, I've got to download the extended one on my iPad for the plane. Yes. And I mean, if if they really, really want it, if they want us to finish this quest, then they can always Patreon it. Or go back and start it. Because <laughs> <Yeah>, <laughs> we definitely skipped one. Yeah. Watching this movie... You don't realize until you've watched it a few times, like, to prepare for this podcast, how much of it you've already committed to memory. So many lines. So much. So I know, parts. but, like, I'm sitting there watching the movie, and it's like the like the, the kitsch of the director mouthing yep. the lines as it's being acted up on stage. Like, what about just a bit off the flank? <laughs> <laughs> what about their legs? They don't, they need, don't them. need them. So... I watched the extended twice and I watched the original once. And while I was watching the original, I would catch myself going, well, wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. I, don't, I don't even bother with the original. Why would you bother with the no. originals anymore? No, that, no, that, the original is snorting heroin and we're banging it mainline now. I can't go back. I can't go back to it. Right in the gums. Uh, it It's so just epic and it's it is hands down my my favorite of the trilogy both movie and book it also has i think probably one of the most epic fight scenes like i mean you have the battle for Minas Tirith. you have them duking it out Helm's in the Steve? mines of moria no i oh, mean i mean like in in the grand spectrum oh, of things okay, okay. But nothing, nothing compares to the Battle of Helm's Deep. Nothing is so as like awesome as the treants 
raiding Isengard and like literally just and frankly treants are probably my favorite creature in the Tolkien lore like next to dwarves something is about to happen that hasn't happened since the elder days the trees (laughs) are about to wake up and find that they are strong Many of these trees were my <laughs> friends. Not an acorn. And the feels are in this movie. They are. And on multiple levels of Frodo and Sam, the trio, hunting Merry and Pippin, who are on their own little, you know, excursion and they're uh, kind of like uh, their dis- their distraction flee. Yeah. Which gets them captured. And everybody's split apart into yeah. twos and threes. It's Our fellowship just- is broken. And even Gandalf going through a whole uh, the the when Frodo is dreaming about Gandalf falling down and fighting the Balrog, the scene where it, it like it cuts to the underground, yes. uh, like the lake, and you just it's like the the chanting like and you see the the fireball, the Balrog come down. It gives me chills. Every single time. And you see the depth of how oh. far they're falling. And you're just like, oh, there they are. There they are. Oh, I mean, not God. only like were they, I mean, were they deep underground inside Minas Tirith, you know, crossing the bridge. The Moria? To, yeah. Why did I say Minas Tirith? Sorry. In Moria, crossing the bridge at Khazad Doom. Yes, they were deep. But then you realize like, it goes deeper, deeper into the bowels of all of Middle Earth. And it's just like the meme that floats around or in the joke that says, Gandalf said, run off, you fools. And he took all of the experience and leveled up while everyone else. Yep. He, and, he prestiged. Until at last I threw down my enemy and smote his ruin upon the mountainside. It's just, it's iconic. Yes. It is. It is. And for any, any Tolkien nut, you have like Tolkien lore where you have a, a Maiar, which is what Gandalf is. All right. Kind of like an angel. And he's fighting a Balrog, which is actually another form of a Maiar. Just more evil. of a demon. Yeah. More of a demon. So you have two Maiars. <laughs> the opposite. Going at it. And the actual Balrog that he's taking down is known as Durin's Bane because it was the bane of Durin's existence in the forming of the Mines of Moria. It was actually the Balrog in the Great War way back when that fleed. Sorry, fleed. He fled. Like, so this is a Fleted. cowardly Balrog. So he's a, he died a coward's death. Good. Plus, it also had the most badass use of magic by Gandalf, I think. The, the yeah. lightning erupting from the sword and then him just ducking under and impaling him. Yep. That's the most badass shit Gandalf does in all three movies. I mean, the witch, the witch king of Agmar kind of makes him his bitch in, uh, <laughs> in Return of the King. That's you know, true. Your staff is broken. So, can't say enough about this movie. <sighs> yeah. It, each part kind of just builds and it picks up so well off of Fellowship mm-hmm. that even going, watching it multiple times, I wasn't, I mean, I wanted to, you know, really follow through with all three, but it stands very well on its own. Mm. Um, There's still time, Nathan, where, <laughs> oh, where every episode is as long as a lifetime of the earth. And don't you worry, I will be going back and watching Fellowship and... <laughs> <laughs> I felt the other two episodes flow back into me. (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) Oh, P.S. Everyone, sorry that uh, spoiler alert that we are going to be geeking out if you haven't heard already by (laughs) by (laughs) Drew getting giddy about (laughs) the Balrog description. I will get so much Tolkien lore knowledge out to you. Uh, uh, Drew's nipples are hard, everybody. Yes, you can see it. (laughs) 
Oh, <laughs> uh, we're the only cable company in your area? <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> the Maya. <laughs> They're angelic. <laughs> <laughs> so where the fuck do we go from here? Oh, my gosh. Anywhere. Everywhere. Yeah, everywhere. <laughs> so they're, uh, the Urukai are running cross country, you know? They're, uh, they're doing their strides carrying Mary and Pippin. <laughs> What do you smell? Man flesh. <laughs> they must be on our trail. And, and poor yeah. Gimli. Keep breathing. Watch the key. Breathe. Oh. Just. He's got short <laughs> legs. I mean. <laughs> breathing. Dwarves are not. Very dangerous over so short distances. <laughs> Natural sprinters. Ten days of life's pursuit. <laughs> Which actually the entire filming of those running scenes. Viggo Mortensen had a broken foot. From uh, kicking the helmet. From kicking in the helmet scene. from the fire. Legolas, uh, I can't think of Orlando, Orlando Bloom. Orlando Bloom had a broken rib. They're taking the podcast to Isengard! <laughs> <laughs> and the stunt double for Gimli, like the actual like size that was not, you know, having the voice dubbed over, he had a dislocated knee. Ooh. So for all the filming scenes, they would just like hoof it and run and just like, you know, be in the moment. And after they were done, they would just like stumble and they're like, oh my God, oh. Oh, okay. Do you want us to run again? Peter Jackson's like, no, no, we're, we're, we're good. We're good. <laughs> they got really good shots, uh, aerial shots of them running. Well, uh, that's almost like the like the tertiary actor of of this film is the New Zealand itself. Yeah, yeah that's I very mean, true. And even the shots that are, you know, studio, soundstage, that kind of stuff, it, they do fine. They they hold up, but some of the location shots they do are unmatched. Mm-hmm. Love them. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, they, they catch up to them uh, a little bit too late. We left none alive. Uh, calling out to the Rohirrim, asking him, like, hey, like, do you have the time? And everyone turns around with their spears. This was my first intro to Carl Urban. Mm. Yeah, I th- yeah, and I think it was probably most everybody. Most, yeah, probably, yeah. And that's a, sh- a good point: is that this cast is pretty onslaught of amazing, amazing actors and people just at their best. Succinctly, would you say this cast is the tits? Oh, the, <laughs> the tits to the nine. Yes, Them's tits. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of tits, slam patty. <laughs> <laughs> Ironically enough, I mean, with that comment, a good chunk of the Rohirrim, like the writers, were women. They were just done up like men in their uh, in their stage makeup. Good for good job. Yeah, well done. That was kind of neat. Thinking like a like a like a Lord of the Rings themed porn, like shield sluts of Rohan. <laughs> yeah, she that sword, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> oh my only my only nightmares. Oh, is that your is worm tongue? Put in a cage and not sheathed. <laughs> then I will sheath as one of them. <laughs> no army has breached the deep wall. <laughs> he has one weak point. Wow. Oh. <laughs> the awkwardness that would be Lord of the Rings. Let the DP of Helmhammer hand sound one more time in the deep. Well, this oh. took a turn. I apologize. Everybody. Constantly taking the line. Take him down. Take him down. <laughs> well, shit. Uh, <laughs> this is not what people tuned in for. Out of all three or stories that are going, which do you think is honestly the weakest? Frodo and Sam until they get to the uh, when until they, they get, get captured. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, every everything has a bit of an uh, like importance to it. I mean, even in the novel, everything is done, you know, sequential. Like, everything is in order. The movie does it kind of like haphazardly hey, back I, and I, forth. I, I dislike the movie or the, the book the the two towers because it was divided right in twain for the right. most part wasn't it and most modern authors like martin and jordan like they they sort of stack the narrative so you get a little break here and there and i didn't like the the actual literary version as much because it was just when once you got done with everybody else and it was just frodo and sam it was just kind of a slog for me mm. I, uh, but that's neither really here nor there because we're talking about the movie and they put a very good narrative style on it. They did. They did. And I mean, you are getting to go between so many locations. You go to Rohan. You go to Isengard. You go to Fangorn Forest. You're not. You're in the deep marshes. I um. I mean, you're just you go to Osgiliath. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you are in so many locations, left and right. You're seeing a lot of Middle Earth and Tolkien's world being brought before you, and it, and and it's all stunning. And with the extended version, I think one of my favorite little additions was when uh, Boromir. You know, they reconquer Osgiliath, and him and his brother share oh, the God, ale, no! and then they share that moment where they both kind of shit on their dad, and he's like, "Oh Christ, he's here." And Boromir's like, "Can he give us a moment of?" Peace, like I, gosh, Dad, I, you miss a lot of the these little details when it was cut down for the theater. But the extended version just really, just really gives you all the good stuff. I yeah. love the rope um, with Sam. <laughs> the, oh, like that? Yeah, we're gonna have to leave the rope because uh, you know that's one of my. It's like, oh, it's an, it's a, it's pure elven rope, <laughs> and just a little tug, and it just starts coming down. You wouldn't have uh, another one of those nice shiny daggers, would you? Oh, Sam. He, he's like, hey, can, can you kick down to me? Uh, I don't want hair. I don't want, <laughs> I just want more weaponry. <laughs> well, and with the rope and the, the salt, like, Galadriel actually gave him seeds mm-hmm. in the books. Oh. Uh, because at the end of Return of the King, he goes back and Sauron pretty much like industrialized wasteland, the Shire. But they never, they didn't do that in the in the movies. No, the Shire, they leave it as like- Unspoiled, the war, Unspoiled, the, the, yeah. the war never got to it. But I mean, in the book, the Shire was, was uh, like- weaponized they had put up like walls and they were ready for war uh saruman had fled isengard he had gone to the shire with Wormtongue, and it was actually and that's where um, Wormtongue stags that, him in the back Wormtongue kills saruman and well, the shire he, folk he actually does at the very beginning of return of the king yeah Doesn't well it, yeah, yeah oh you're right no 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 yeah it like flows the extended edition. yeah on the tower <laughs> wow frodo <laughs> Scared him away. <laughs> you know, you never know to. when you might have a good roast chicken. <laughs> roast chicken? <laughs> what the? F- <laughs> <laughs> and I like it when Gollum does find him. Like he's suddenly uh, like a WWF wrestler. Like he's leaping up onto the wall and then doing like elbow drops. He goes all <laughs> out. Like he gives all of his strength right there. And then the next scenes you see him is just like, ah, we're dying. They- <laughs> it burns out. Yeah, no, that that's what Anne and I say is uh, her youngest reaction to really any type of vegetable. Like, ah! <laughs> we can't eat Hobbit's food. <laughs> what is taters, precious? <laughs> Boil a mushroom, stick in my stew. Potatoes. Oh yes, we could. <laughs> yes, we could give it to us. He gets. Oh, I love that part too. He gets like so like. Up Everybody in his knows face. there's only one way to do a brace of conies. <laughs> uh, look, Mister Frodo. 
an olifant. <laughs> Why, though, do you take, obviously, the most shady character possible and go, yeah, you show us the way through. Again, they are without any hope. They are just walking aimlessly to, oh, see that mountain on fire? Go there. <laughs> well, are you talking about Gollum? No, I'm yeah. talking, yeah, yeah, he's talking about, he's talking about well, Gollum. I, I think it goes back to the book and also the, the first movie where, where Gandalf is telling Frodo that, you know, you should have just killed Gollum. And he's like, oh, you know, Some can deserve- you give somebody somebody life who, who didn't deserve it? Gollum still has a part to play. And I do kind of like Gollum in this where he turns into sweetheart Gollum. Uh, <laughs> for enough of a, for, of for enough of the movie until he just he gets betrayed at the uh, the forbidden pool yeah and then it's sort of like that's when Gollum comes back and it's no longer Schmeel and I love how Faramir just like just beating his ass like toss him into walls like is it uh, Sirithungal is that what it's called super like military you know just like. Who do you work for? Well, and he tells him, too, like, when he's actually starting to let them go, especially in the extended edition, it shows him. He says, like, if you betray them, I will personally come and kill you. And I mean, in the mar- in the movie, they show him very ruthless and cutthroat. In the book, Faramir is, he's rather hospitable. He's nice. He's kind. He gives them dinner. Like, he's not a jerk in the book. Well, Faramir is much more likable than Boromir, even though I love mm. the actor. Oh, Sean. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he has to die. Yeah. He has to die for the movie to be good. But Faramir, I think you portrayed himself well enough so that you get yeah. the, the father-son steward of Gondor is like, useless piece of shit. Oh, and that, it, when that gets into I the- I know Faramir's, Faramir's uses and they are limited. When it gets into <laughs> the king, you know, the later one. It, yeah. You just hate him so much. You do. And it's just, yeah, he wants to prove himself. He even says, he says, you know, we have a weapon finally for, you know, Faramir, you know, son of Gondor to show his quality. But this is a, a another part of family kind of like, man, I don't need you, where Theoden uh, just being corrupted. And, like, how long has Wormtongue just been just digging in? Brad Dourif, by the way. Is the is the only person that could have played that part correctly. I I think so, too. Uh, When when he's like, but my lord, it would take thousands, tens of thousands. There is no such number. There is no (laughs) such number. When they go out and he's able to summon like the single tear, like, oh, oh my God, I love it so much. This is glorious. I had never, I had never imagined. I, I do love him, you know, coddling and corrupting Theoden in the chambers. And when, oh, was it, uh, what's his name? Um, Aomir. When Aomir like holds him up to the wall and he's all like, what did, what were you promised? Too and he's long just, if you and he's at my like, sister. Oh, there uh, she is. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh yeah. When he's, oh, but you are alone. When he's ogling, I was like, oh, your beauty is like a pale spring on a winter morning. And she's just like, your words are poison. Stay away from me, you to catch a predator creep. But he, you know what's funny is that like his creepness is actually, I mean, it's really uh, charismatic. I, I, yeah, tasteful. I don't know if that's the. He's almost like the the Tucker Carlson or like the Sean Hannity of, uh, <laughs> yeah. of Middle Earth. He's like, oh, don't look over there. It's like, it's like, no, it's it's Saruman. Like, here's the goddamn armor with the white hand on it. But is it? Why do you trouble us with these baseless accusations? It's not that. <laughs> All the paper, the paper. It's only when he's back into a corner when it's actually going to be an issue. When he's, you know, he's confronted by Gandalf and he's, he's like, hold your fuck tongue. And he brings up his staff and he's like, 
I told you to take his staff. No one listened to me. You're all fired. Uh, I kind of <laughs> like the uh, when the the trio of them turn into like Middle Earth Street Fight Band. Yeah. <laughs> it's like like little they're uh, tucking and li- life, out. Uh, life the um oh, goddamn the elf uh, Legolas. Leg- Legolas is Woo! like like doing like the kacha backhand <laughs> to people. Gimli steps down on Wormtongue. He's on the ground. He's like, don't you move? Like Rocky, Colt, and Tum Tum, just you know, three ninja staff. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> it works because you can never mind. If I go, like Odin a, a jukebox goes off in the corner and like. Don't stop me now. Oh, Queen. We needed more Queen in Lord of the Rings. That would have been. I would have been fine with that. Don't stop me now. Yeah, get it, Queen. Oh shit. Uh. But family kicking out other family is is a little bit of a repetitive theme in this film, but it's it plays off in such good amounts. It's not Theoden's just a slow burn, whereas Faramir is getting just the harshest. Yeah, like you're never good enough. Don't talk to me. Oh well, but both of them were corrupted. Yeah, the only difference is Theoden comes back from that corruption after Gandalf releases him. And I love that scene, you know, Bella <laughs> She is belting it. She's Dude, giving it. But I love that. But the, the little quiet scene that he has with Gandalf, they had in afterwards. Talking about Sima Moon, how long has it dwelled on the tombs of my forebears? Oh, yeah. That's a beautiful scene. And that's what's really amazing about this movie is it takes the emotion, it takes the action, and it takes humor, and it melds them together so seamlessly, which we kind of saw a little bit in Dead Alive. Yeah. Uh, for instance, when they they uh, light the one Ent on fire, and then a couple minutes later, it's like, break the dam, release the <laughs> river, and then when that on fire Ent comes running it's into the, the foreground, jumps into it. <laughs> it's just absolutely perfect. Or like the, we hit, we ain't had nothing but maggoty bread in three stinking days. And the whole, that whole discussion. And then he cuts the head off. Looks like meat's meat's back back on the menu, menu, boys. Like this is just great humor interspersed with these moments of very touching emotion. And honestly, Harry Potter myriad amounts of movies. It was the charge of the Rohirrim on fifth, on the, the fifth day the first mm-hmm. light on the fifth day where we got these grand cgi charges it's just gives me a little bit of a chub which is <laughs> is funny because we, i think we can just get to the battle i mean it's oh of course so hard we're, the battle. we're bouncing yeah, around we're, all over the we place we can get into all the battles <laughs> there there's a good use of cgi but there's also not it's not so heavy like it is in the king where you, you almost get like when you have everybody you can fighting, tell it's there. <laughs> yeah, it it is a little bit dated, but it doesn't detract from the overall story. certain parts. It definitely, if they were able to just kind of go back and take some of that footage and redo some of that. But I mean, this is almost twenty years ago. Isn't that yeah. crazy? Isn't that great? Wow, yeah. This movie, two thousand two. <laughs> we're heading towards twenty twenty. Yeah, and still, I don't, I don't want to see a read. Do oh, no, no, fuck, no, and they never will. I don't know. I, I can, no, no. Uh, I don't think. I don't think they would ever touch this film. That's what I we think, said about I think Top Gun. Would, and no, we'll take my <laughs> breath away. But they're not redoing Top Gun. They're continuing Top Gun Two. 
They're Electric continuing. Boogaloo. I mean, now I can see other movies oh, being done because I mean, okay, so we had Lord of the Rings, we had the Hobbit films, we are having an well, the Amazon. Hobbit films were awful compared to this. Well, uh, I didn't. I'm just naming them. Yeah. Yeah, I know. We're getting oh. the uh, the Amazon series that sort of follows the Silmarillion a little bit. Cautiously optimistic. Cautiously optimistic. Now, I mean, there's nothing really in stories beyond after the War of the Ring because, like. The elves left for the Undying Lands. You do have stories that are continuing before, you know, they actually do go off to the Undying Lands. Like Gimli stays in uh, the caves beneath Helm's Deep, the glittering caves. There was a sun! (laughs) 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 No, And uh, Legolas stays with him. Until they both go off. They, they're just, they have this they huge romance. Go. They eventually go. Yeah. They eventually do go. They they have to like make a promise to each other where like Legolas had to go and explore like certain caves and Gimli had to go and explore like certain forests for them to like both more understand oh my each other. I would love, love a movie of just like. Wouldn't you love the just odd couple? Like Legolas walks out and he like kicks over a bunch of beer bottles and Gimli's just like passed out. Like, what do you mean? Gimli, we're exploring the that one side of the cave today. Get up. And like, it cuts to him like going, oh, the map's upside down. Silly me. I mean, and they have such a chemistry together. He's just like, what's going on out there? I can't see. Shall I the describe it to you? The back in town. <laughs> uh, shall I describe it to you? Or shall I get you a box? Well, yeah. <laughs> you see that the first time uh, in in this movie when they are surrounded by the Rohirrim. Yes. And Legolas, like, busts, uh, you know, draws, knocks and draws in, like, a blink of the eyes. Like, you you would die before your sword could fall. Which and is, then which you can see face just like, oh. Blowing right, off. Right. Like, Whoa, we escalated that weight. I was just, like, kind of like, shit-talking him. Maybe like, I shouldn't talk, like, you know, cock and attitude. But it's perfectly adapted to the book. Like, that's exactly what happens in the book. Like, Legolas is there ready to defend his like his 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 man his bro yeah uh, would you like to get me a bo- <laughs> shall i get you a box or shall let's I hope they last the night, night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah let's hope your friends last the night well gimli at the end i had 42 42 that's impressive for a pointy he ear jerks the axe around <laughs> the body's like hello that's <laughs> yeah, got, got my ass in his brainstem, <laughs> or in, no, in his nervous system. That's, I love that. You're gonna have carry. to toss me. Oh, don't tell the elf. <laughs> <laughs> he gets so like, wait, 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 wait. You, you better promise me right here. It's a little uh. tight around the chest. <laughs> and they carry the uh, the tally over to uh, Minas Tirith. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and I love just prior to the battle when the elves do show up. Oh, that is that may be one of my favorite parts. The, the, of this the whole music movie. and the elves marching, and all the men like you can see the wonder in their eyes. Like you know, there's a guy by the gate. He's just like, yes. <laughs> are, are these for us? <laughs> He's so excited. He's like, there was once an alliance between elves and men. We are here to honor that allegiance. So, in a weird way, Haldir, Haldir, Haldir. I always refer to him as the fat elf. <laughs> oh, he's a little. He was a little bit more stocky. He was. Solid. He was a little stocky and thick for <laughs> an elf. <laughs> he sampled a little bit too much of that meat. <laughs> yeah, he had, he had his fair share of lambus bread, <laughs> garlic lambus bread. <laughs> um, it's, it's, yeah, it's the one part of the movie that I did enjoy that they added themselves 
cells because that's not in the book. The elves never show up. But I do love the fact that they have them in the film. It's a great little addition. It is a great addition. Well, and uh, see, I, I'm, I wish that was in the book. I feel like that would have made it way better because it also kind of reinvigorates that. Oh, yeah, we're all in this together because then you have the five five armies just like crap on that whole. I, don't know, I, I like when people team up. I like that you have player the, three is enter the game. Yes, that's yeah. why. I, that's why I love that it's a an elf, a dwarf, and a human. It's a very D and D kind of combo, and a, and a wizard. Like there you go. There's your little party. And to have these warring factions or factions that have just kind of distanced themselves to now, hey, let's uh, let's kind of help each other out here. When, and that when, well, hold on when the elves up on the wall start shooting and then oh. they give the signal and you don't even realize that the elves are back behind the wall and it's just like A artillery yes. just coming over mm. Mm, it <laughs> makes me bite my lip. Yo. <laughs> yeah, I need to put on like a harness or a ball gag or something for that. Like it's getting real, it gets real, hot, real quick here. It is a beautiful thing that they do bring the elves to uh, Helm's Deep and have them fight because it does. It, it gives you that kind of like mm, let's go moment where they are banding together and everything is going to be all for the sake of Middle Earth. But in reality, the elves are leaving. The elves are like, yeah, not our fight. Bye. We're going to go off to the Undying Lands. We're it, leaving. What a sacrifice. I mean, no, immortal beings. Right. They're leaving and they are going, like, to leave, they will eventually it, it die. It was a sacrifice. It is a sacrifice. And I mean, even in The Hobbit, like, they're not there to fight because they're going to band together to, like, you know, Let's fight along, fight along men. Hobbit. I think we can, I think we can gloss over Thranduil is there for very Into different Into the reasons. West. <laughs> <laughs> it's gone. <laughs> well, but when Aragorn points over to the Urkai that are coming up the yeah. the, the causeway, and they all, and they all swivel, yeah. it's like, mm, those elves are going to put a baby in me. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yes. It's a precision Fuck work. yes. Uh, what I would have liked to have seen a little bit more is like, that's such a citadel is not just cutting and running once they breach the wall and the door, is like, there was a lot of like kill zones yeah. in yeah. that that I would have liked just a couple more minutes of just like some badass like all right we're falling back we're, but we're gonna take as many of these motherfuckers with us as we can that I would have liked just a touch more because it seemed like as soon as the wall went down and the door broke they just cut and ran and then you have got Theoden inside just like the fortress is taken. It is over. You said this fortress would never fall while your men defended. They sealed it. They have died defending it. I'm breaking in. Is there no other way for the women and children to get out of the caves? Is there no other way? There is one passage. It leads into the mountains. But they will not get far. The Urukai are too many. Send word for the women and children to make for the mountain pass and barricade the entrance. So much death. What can men do against such reckless hate? Well, that, that's it. We, we're not going to do much For more. death and glory. No, my lord. He, no. <laughs> He's like, so yeah, we're going to suicide? He's like, One last time. No. This uh, keep is taken. Give up. Just just heard the women outside for the pillaging free, and the labor. Free for your life. Uh, I, but when he had the, 
guy. Haldir. Haldir. When he dies, there was a, a quick moment that I kind of paused in my brain and was like, oh, I wish that he was more of a dick. <laughs> when we first met him, I wish that there was more with him of when he's like, mm, the, the dwarf breathes so loud, we could have shot him in the dark. Or like and he one-ups Aragorn like during the fighting or something like something, a little bit more badassery. Oops, sorry. Yeah, would have been badass. Badassery like, would have been badass. Something been in Fellowship where you kind of are like, I don't like him that much. And then when he comes and is like, yeah, like we're, we're doing this to give it that much more of a, a push mm. of, oh, the guy that you kind of, was it was a kind of dick he's on your side now and he's and yes just like you said badass like he whips out two swords and it's da, 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 da. and then when he dies though you f- you do feel it you're like oh he gets his own the, the head death. just collapses back on the shoulder and and when he's like looking around and dying seeing and his seeing all brother his, uh, yeah, no, it's a lot of that's a lot going on tactics of of this whole battle some parts good some parts i'm like what Tactics for whom? Is this Men it for or, both? Or Urukai? Yeah. Is like, this all you've got, Saruman? <laughs> last thing you need to do <laughs> is, is bait the enemy. <laughs> is is do the like horror film taunt of like I think we're totally safe in this uh, you know graveyard. You know he wants like, his no! own microphone to be all like, "Come at me, come on, Saruman." Starts tweeting out like, "Hey, our bitches." Hashtag <laughs> sad. Safe in my keep. Hashtag <laughs> come and get me. Hashtag is this all you got? Yeah, <laughs> but the the amount of detail. Like, not only do you have Urukai, it's not just a a horde. Like, there are subsets of Urukai. Like, there are the the engineers. Yes, that are that are working the the siege engines and are placing the explosives. You've got the the pikemen. You've You've got the, the berserkers the ladder, the with, with just the the helmets and the massive swords. Like there's a lot of attention to detail then that you just don't really see sometimes. And like all this armor was on these actors. Like it, it wasn't CGI. It wasn't how long were the night in, shoes in, in, in for like, this? In like the rain too. Yeah, I don't know how long. I mean, it's like it two, had to have been quite a lot, quite a, a couple while. of weeks of just like night shooting in the rain. You know, manufactured rain. It's ugh. But they're troopers. They did it. Yeah. And they got great shots, great comedy between Gimli and, and Lake Loss of where he slides underneath the one and hits him. Like, <laughs> I love girl. it. No, I mean, like, I think a lot of the studios were thinking for Peter Jackson, like, Papa says anything cannot ride Geralt. He's too big for him. And Peter Jackson's like, no. We're riding it. I got Geralt. And he ain't too big. Where's mama? If they would have skimped on any of this, though, this would not have landed like it. Oh, it would have been like the Fantastic Four. Yes. First iteration and second iteration. You mean it wouldn't have made $927 million worldwide? Boom. (laughs) But it also, it doesn't overdo it like they where i think the king slightly does in in ministerial battle where we're like when they get the undead you're like oh but that was in the book you couldn't have book. you yeah, couldn't skip that i know that's, but that's it is a little bit wonky that's though kind of there's the, none of that wonkiness in this up one, down no. up down left right left right yeah. Andy, Andy <laughs> slack star. Yeah. like oh we need an undead and if you actually think about it if the undead army would have been there first they could have lost nobody. <laughs> yeah. It, I don't know. I think that is one of my favorite things in Return of the King, where the undead army, they swarm the elephant like ants. Send in the undead. The undead costs <laughs> nothing. nothing. <laughs> Except their freedom. 
Oh, that was good. I dispatched the undead before I <laughs> I'm skilled in the arts of undact undead <laughs> warfare and military tactics. <laughs> oh gosh. The parallel the, these two movies would have so much fun. Don't go, Release us! Don't go over! Stay! Stay! Uh, so, <laughs> are we ready for Sigmantes? Are we? Are we? Did we discuss everything? Uh, I mean, I mean we, we, could be, we could still nerd keep out. Keep it going. Keep time. it rolling. I'm, I'm still, we didn't even I'm discuss still Isengard. up here. That's like, true. I've, I've been edging all episode. Uh, yeah. I, I think Pop. in the extended edition, I think it's one of my favorite scenes is where you don't see it, but you know what is happening. And it's when the Urukai are running away from Helm's Deep and uh, Eomir is like, stay away from the forest. Don't go into the forest. And then all the Urukai are just running away. Little silence. And then you hear them just getting tromped on, eaten, stomped. They're getting murdered. Yep. And it's not necessarily just by the treants. It's by there's another subset of treants that are like in Fangon Forest that are not exactly like like. They're not sentient. They can't get up and walk around like the Ents, but they will eat things in their, you know, purview. They're like the trees in a uh, Wizard of Oz. They throw apples, and, yeah. you know. Thank <laughs> <laughs> hey, what you. are you doing? <laughs> Come here, you're a guy. Because <laughs> we didn't really touch too much on the Ents. Um, Who are amazing. They, they are amazing. That part of... Anytime it went to Marion Pippin, it does slow down all, almost... But I think they've got the humor yes. to pull it off. And the feels of where Mary's just like, are you kidding me? You there guys are just... a Shire Pippin. Oh, and yeah. just when they're like, yeah, I think we're going to sit this all out. Tree, like, Treebeard telling his own poems. <laughs> it takes a very long time to say anything in old Entish. <laughs> we just finished saying hello. <laughs> are, there, are there any little, in, like, you know, little baby or children <laughs> tree ends? He's like, no, we have not had an int- any entlings for a while. We lost our wives. Oh, I'm sorry, they died. Not dead. We lost them. <laughs> like they, I was, I they was, can't find their women. <laughs> I was talking about that with uh, Anna the other night. Like where? Like they never really. I don't think in any of the books, any of the myriad books that have been put out, even the ones posthumously, do they ever find out what happened to the Antwives? Like, the Antwives, they just, like, they went off in Tolkien lore. They just, they wandered away. And they eventually do come back. And then, like, Ent children start coming again, like, in a few decades. But, like, they're gone. That's the whole reason why, like, you know, Treebeard is, like, the oldest, I think he's claimed to be the oldest living creature in Middle-earth. Okay. Yeah, but we were also saying that like that that would have been like a like where did they go? And that would have been another Lord of the Rings themed porn, where <laughs> it would have been like Skizzer me timbers. Oh, like they're off exploring themselves. The, okay, oh, <laughs> the the ladies of the trees just uh yeah they've had that thorn themselves. Now they're looking for that barrow. <laughs> <laughs> Reaching into their knots. Uh, oh, the roots run with, deep. Jeez. <laughs> with Sam, <laughs> with Sam and Frodo see elephants. Olifants. Olifants. They. I mean, Sam is just like He's oh excited. My gosh. It's so funny though because, like, just real quick, have you guys ever found found an animal or saw an animal that you're like, no one would believe me that this exists? Oh my gosh, this is so cool. Uh, the my first and only wild encounter with a rattlesnake. Oh, yeah. Uh, my my uh, good friend Sean, he's uh, one of the groomsmen. Uh, he came out 
flew out to California like the first or second year I was living here, and we got a cabin up in uh, Mineral King by uh, Sequoia National Park, like right outside the gates. And it was off the grid. It was solar powered, like just off the paved roads. It was like 10 miles back on dirt roads. And we had gone out gone hiking, saw the General Sherman tree, and stopped and got a bunch of ice and more beer, and we were bringing the coolers down, and our cabin was off to our left, and it was uh, railroad tie timber stairs going down to where it was, and then off to the right, there was sort of like the, the latrine shower bathroom cabin, and there's a lot of shade, except over by the latrine cabin was where the sun was coming, and there was a rattlesnake sunning itself there. And so when we hit the bottom of the stairs, we just heard the of the rattle. And there is something ingrained, like in your DNA, where both of us just stopped dead. And we're like, oh. <laughs> oh, hello, Mr. Rattlesnake, that's like 10 feet away. Wow. We're going to slowly. Back the fuck How up. crazy that is that you didn't even have to hear it ever in your life, but you hear it As that soon as you hear it, it is just, it is like danger, danger Will Robinson. It's, but it's like so distinct. Nothing else like makes that kind of noise. And I've never heard it except on like nature recordings and it wasn't like, oh, well that must be a diamondback rattlesnake. Hello, it's Mr. Sort of rattlesnake. Like, oh, we're so far away from anti-venom. <laughs> So, yes, <laughs> that is the one time I was like, holy shit, and all I fought. We were firefighting, <laughs> and my swamper and I, I, I first saw it, it was a pine martin, and a pine martin is a, uh, look it up when you, you know, when you, later on, because it, it's like a weasel, but like a, kind of like a ferret, and they look almost like a, just a, a cat. In when, you, when you say swamper and I, it sounds like your Pokemon. <laughs> oh, his Swamper. Name? Uh, his name is Adam. And so, <laughs> but it was my Swamper. So I remember seeing this Pine Martin and I'm like, I turn around. I'm like, Adam, Adam, come here, come here. Do you? And I look back and he was gone. And I was like, oh, man. And I look over at Adam and Adam's just like dead staring past me. And I'm like, what? And he's like, do you see that? Do you see that? And I look back and sure enough, it's there. And he's like, you're seeing this, right? I'm like, yes, I see it. This is what I wanted to show you. This, And we just got to see it for maybe 10, 15 seconds. But it was just this magical moment. And then it just darted off. And it was such a crazy little moment of I've never experienced that before. Just like that. Unless my eyes have betrayed me. It's one of the melees. <laughs> Shadow Facts, <laughs> Lord of all the horses. He's been my friend. <laughs> oh, <Betty. laughs> uh, I, I can't think of anything that's like, oh my gosh, this crazy, you know, incident involving like a wild animal for the first time ever. Though when I was in Romania, I saw like in Romania is like packed with stray animals. All right. Dogs, cats. So I saw a stray dog where it was just one of those moments where like you have to see it to believe it. It was so unfortunate that this dog like needed medical attention and it was not getting it. It had a tumor like the size of a football, uh. like hanging off of its neck. And it was just walking around, you know, like maybe half a foot of like skin just hanging onto it and it was dangling off it. And I'm just staring at it going like, oh my God, that's so horrible. And I was like, did you guys see that dog? And they're like, no, what dog? And I'm like, you didn't, come on. Bad it's not a tumor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm a cop, you idiot. <laughs> Are these your lunches? <laughs> One, two, three, four. That'd Sorry. be a good movie. <laughs> 
So, segments <laughs> for our first segment for our two towers. This looks strangely familiar. Because we've been here before. We're going in circles. Poor Sam and Frodo are given the most basic layout of directions in the most foreign and hostile land they have ever dreamed of. Describe a time you and a friend became completely lost in an unknown area in your journey's end. Uh, did you find and meet a guide? And bonus points if they are totally shady as fuck. So not necessarily where my friend and I... It doesn't have to be like the friend and I. It could be just you. It could... Yeah. Okay. I thought of one where it was just me where my dad left me alone in an orange orchard. But I think I might have shared that story here on the show before. And the fog rolled in? Um, no, like we were driving... To, we were What's citrus, precious? <laughs> <laughs> Tangelo! Um, we were driving to Arvin. Juice and it, he, freeze uh, it, stick it in a stew. <laughs> Carnitas, <laughs> halos, it, juice it, freeze it, stick it in a Julius. <laughs> oh, we so we were driving to Arvin, and he—I guess I fell asleep in the car, and he left me in the car while he stopped at an orange grove. I guess to go get not only some oranges, but since my dad knows every freaking person on the planet, he also had to stop and either make a new friend or talk to people he already knew. But I woke up. Was he a teacher? Yes. Oh, th- yeah. That's... Like everybody in my family is in education for some reason, and teachers have this. It's a I don't know if it's a prerequisite that they or or if it's something that they get when they level up and become a teacher. They you know they I, you know like you know they people. know or they f- just introduce themselves. Oh my gosh! Like you yeah you were a teacher too. That's crazy. Oh yeah no no no. I mean it, it's gone full Ridiculous. circle where he has had someone as a student and then that person grows up and gets married and I have had now their ch- now their kids in my class. There you go. So it's like it's literally just been full circle. The circle <laughs> of life. But I mean I woke up in the car not knowing where. He was not knowing where I was. I had never known like anything of this, you know, location of this orange grove. I was freaked out. I got out of the car at one point and I was like, Should do I go? Do I go find him? I'm like calling for him. He's not coming back. <laughs> <It's a> Frodo! <laughs> and so I eventually just get back in the car. We're going in circles. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the, uh, the one I was gonna talk about, I mean, before was, uh, my friend and I were, uh, in London and we just went out walking around London and we, we sort of got lost, but, um, we eventually like found our way back to, you know, the loft and it was actually not bad, like getting lost, just going around walking and just kind of having fun with it. But, uh, yeah, stopped having a full English breakfast. Mm. Yeah. Didn't meet any creepers or anything like that, but, uh, it was kind of nice. It was, it was fun. So we would go, uh... (laughs) camping a lot and i've mentioned it before and i've mentioned stories about it before in uh northeastern kentucky daniel boone national forest and the mm-hmm. red, red river gorge and in order to get to this destination you really go off the beaten path i like it and we're talking about like you get a lot of the crazy like you know when you're getting close to the the campsite is when you see the more and more ridiculous religious signs Oh, like God. salvation, repent now, ye sinners. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. So the one exit that you get off at to get to the part of the park that we would usually camp in, there's nothing there except for like boarded up houses, shady looking trailers, and there's one gas station. And it's not even like a it, like a shell or or anything like it's that. It's like a good old it, boy. It, it just says like gas, <laughs> and and it is it is a multitasking establishment. It is a gas station, a small grocery store, general store. Back 
then and probably still a DVD and VHS rental location that also served their own weird off-brand of pizza and fried chicken. We have Congo that just came in. (laughs) And they had a tanning salon. What? Which what? was probably one or two tanning beds, and the the woman behind the counter looked like she availed herself <laughs> of those free services quite often. She was Kentucky Fried as fuck. <laughs> and they've got that real backwoods twang. And we it was rainy and we had driven down and one of the trucks, all of our all of her firewood was soaked. Oh. So we needed to get some dry wood to start the fire that we could then sort of slowly feed in some of the dr- the wet wood in over time. And so she takes us over around back to show us where the firewood in, and it's in like a locked cage area covered by this frayed, gnarled blue tarp. The wet wood, and is we're like, cunning. and we're like, yeah, but like you know, we you can get firewood like anywhere you could stop by these real shady trailers where it just says like firewood but it's spelled with like a y <laughs> firewood yeah. and it was like it needs to be dry and she just kept saying they all dry they dry yeah they all dry and it was obvious that at some point the rain had filled up the tarp that and was covering the in. enclosure and then it bubbled down and just tipped in oh. and soaked all this wood like they all dry with a pile of wood with a puddle seeping out from underneath it so so that was that was one of the shady parts the next one was you could camp on forestry land uh you just needed a permit but this goes back to when they incorporated the forest and there were people that would not sell their land so like swiss cheese interspersed throughout this this (laughs) this national park were little pockets of private land where people like you want to you want to make a park? Well, fuck you. I ain't going to sell. <laughs> and so the one place we decided to camp where the flood happened uh, that I had spoken about on another yes, episode yep, yep. was a place called Pumpkin Bottom Patch. And it was cheaper than buying a permit. Sounds like a hoot nanny. And this guy lived in a shack with his dog, Captain, which was the <laughs> largest... Fattest and most ancient chocolate lab I had ever seen in my entire life. And we thought we were living the life like we didn't have to, we were underage. We didn't have to worry about park rangers because we were on private land and this guy didn't give a shit that we were smoking weed, jazz cabbage, and, and, <laughs> and slugging back all manner of, uh, distilled spirits and, uh, and brewed beers. So the, the first hint that something was awry came when we had come back from a day of hiking and sightseeing and uh, I had bought probably a good 40 to 50 dollars of cased meats brats and sausages (laughs) of all shapes and sizes and I look in the one cooler and I look in another cooler salted pork (laughs) and I I, we finally find that that captain the yellow lab had made his way over to our campsite at some point during the day and had eaten like five pounds of raw sausage oh god (laughs) and before that we thought captain was the best he was like our little caretaker we even had a song it was the captain man can this this fucking dog ate all of her sausage (laughs) and we had nothing to eat so we proceed to drink (laughs) and then that's that's, the best answer yeah then that's when the flash flood happened the next day and we're like scampering for our lives and we get back 
to this guy's cabin. And as we're approaching the cabin, he's got the radio on. And you can hear like the oh god, <laughs> flash floods in progress in Boone County, blah, blah, blah County. And we're like, did you... When did these warnings start? It's like, oh, they started about midnight last night. And it was like, you motherfucker. Like, you could have walked, driven, or shouted to us like, hey, maybe head for high ground. Doc, and, it's 820. You, will, you, won't, you won't lose all your possessions and ruin and wreck two vehicles. And this guy just sat in his cabin drinking moonshine like... Them white boys will be all right. They're fine. Yeah, there's there's Northern Yankees. They're all good. They're all loading up. Don't take money. Don't take money. Go, 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 go. Get so, in, get in. So suffice to say, with uh, our myriad of choices of camping sites, we never went back. To pumpkin <laughs> bottom patch uh, again after that. He seems like a guy where it's all like, your house is going to flood. I got an upstairs. This is your livelihood. <laughs> like the goodwill of your patrons and your campers. Like you want us to come back. No, those boys about a hundred yards down the trail. They'll be fine. <laughs> I'm sure, nothing bad ever happens. Yeah. Here, so, yeah, that, that, that was my, uh, <laughs> my little guy. Yeah. Okay, so my going in circles, um, I was in New Mexico, and I was with one of my firefighting buddies, uh, that is his hometown, not mine, and he brought me back there to hang out and uh, see the... The wonderful sights of whatever that is. I'm New not, Mexico? I'm, New Mexico is <laughs> not great. So we go out one night to the bar and uh, to Boot Scoot. Yes. Boot scoot. But did you boogie? Uh, no, we didn't boogie. Okay. Oh, no, well, we didn't I'm, not, I'm not interested. <laughs> I'm, I met a lady. She was a couple years older than me. And... Shield maiden of Rohan. <laughs> <laughs> Till old age. And <laughs> we uh, were talking and she said, hey. She make wanna, you some stew? Do you, she said, hey, do you want to come back and uh, hang out with me at, at my place? And I said, yeah, absolutely. I told Murph. I said, hey, I am. Uh, I'm good. I will, I will see you, uh, you know, I'll, I'll text you. I'll call you. And he's like, all right, you sure? You sure you're good? I'm good. So I left with her and we got back to her place and there was quite a few people at her place. And I was like, okay. Went in, started to assess the situation a little bit and could tell that the group was very lively and wanted to engage as a group into adult manners. And there was another man that was very aggressive and wanted to- Why don't you, uh, why don't you pop that shirt off, huh? Yeah. Was very- <laughs> you, uh, show us what you got working down there? Aggressive to me. And I was just like, yeah, I- I'm I'm not, I don't think I'm going to, I'm not. <laughs> Are you like the I'm hobbits good. caught the roots? <laughs> no. Let's <laughs> go eat the Boy. earth. Drink the water. Don't go here. Sleep. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm I'm out of here. Um, but I obviously have no ride. I don't know where I am. So I lie to them and say that my buddy called. Oh, my phone dies. I lie to them and tell them my buddy uh, called and told me to meet him at Walmart because it was the only place that I could think of at the time uh, that was 24 hours. So they take me to Walmart uh, and drop me off. And I am now in Walmart did you tell uh, him Large Marge sent you? Uh, <laughs> Large Marge. <laughs> in Roswell, New Mexico, it's about 2 a.m. And I go inside. I buy a, the only chargers they had were a car charger. So I bought a car charger <laughs> for like my cell phone. That would fit. And I found an old woman that was coming out of the store. And I said, ma'am, can you please uh, let me 
charged my phone. It's dead. I'm from California. I'm it's not from here. It's 3am. I must be lonely. <laughs> and she was like, absolutely. No. Let's, you know, like, where, do you know where your friends live? And I'm like, I, I don't know. And I, I, I'm lost. I'm going to be sick. <laughs> <laughs> so she's driving me up and down streets. And here's where I would say, no, she's not shady. Like she's, and she was a very nice old lady. However, think about this. She wanted some grass or ass. No, she was, it was just. No one rides for free. (laughs) It was 2 a.m. and this little old lady is at Walmart at 2 a.m. Old people are odd in some yeah, ways. Yeah, I'm like, sure they, she they have their little, own schedules. She you was have a little coming down off meth for, you know, her second <laughs> day. Like, she's like, yeah, say. I'm all hopped up Mountain Dew. Like, <laughs> so Let's find your friends. <laughs> I'm sure we'll find them. It's a small town. So we're driving up and down streets, and then finally I'm like, uh, you know what? Go ahead and drop me off at Denny's. And so she drops me off at Denny's. My phone's charged. I'm calling. I'm texting. Nothing. Finally, turns out that Murph's cousin works at that Denny's and was just getting off his shift at at Denny's. And so I just started crying. He's like, Nathan, what are you doing here? And I'm like, I've had such a night. I gotta go home. But uh, that was my uh, going in circles <laughs> in New Mexico. Oh, that's a good one. It was, yeah. it was a rough time, but uh, I survived. For our next segment. You see much, Aelmer, son of Aelman. Too much. Friends and family of ours that uh, take types of advice and it's hardest when they have to watch one of them take advice from a worm tongue type person uh, that you know the council is just falling on deaf ears. Give a brief story and outcome of how uh, when this kind of happened to you and then we'll pick two of the three. Had they come to their senses and listened to you, what fate would they have come to? Uh, of what, what would the fate of their worm tongue have come to? Is that person still giving bad advice or have they learned their lesson? Uh, the second one, given the consequences of their situation, would you have been able to heed your advice or would you have been under worm tongue's direction as well? And knowing the outcome, was your advice the best that could have been given or do you th- see a better route direction they could have gone? And if any of these answers need to be, you know, maneuvered a little bit, go for it. I'm not going to name, you know, obviously. He named names. But, um, <laughs> like, I, I, one of my, my biggest dislikes is willful stupidity or willful, willful ignorance. Okay. But that can be kind of subdivided. So if you are a flat earther, like, mm. that is, that is willful stupidity. But it doesn't really hurt anybody, it just hurts your own credibility. Like, there's sure. there's no real consequence I I think to to that besides everybody else going oh well, that guy's an idiot that's too bad yes. but for me the worst most negligent kind of that is the anti-vax crowd and there's so much wrong with that that it bothers me I think the most but at the same time there's nothing that I could say or do that is going to change their mind because you can deep delve the internet. You could go on Karen's Facebook anti-vax website, but that doesn't make you an expert. That just makes you opinionated. doesn't make you informed. And there's a big difference between the two. And it puts the, the populations that are at the biggest risk in jeopardy. And that really bothers me. Plus it seems like a giant step 
backwards from just meaningful human progress. And that bothers me a lot. So I don't know if that fits in with, with any of your options because there's, there's, there's no, there's nothing I can do. It's sort of like somebody who feeds into Fox News all day. Like there's no fact or, or resource that I could give to them that's going to change their mind. They're going to have to experience it on their own. Or I mean, like look at the, the pictures of hospital wards full of, of iron lungs from all the polio patients. I mean, that's, we don't have that anymore, but we could easily head back to it. You know, uh, measles, mumps, and rubella. You know, I, I think it's it's measles that it th- that disease erases some of your immune system's like own memories. So stuff that you were immune to before that, mm-hmm. you're no longer immune to. I mean, my sister, her kids had a really bad cough. They thought it was croup. They're pretty sure, and it ended up being croup, but they thought it was whooping cough. And and my sister's like, I thought that was gone. She's like, well, the doctor, no. People not vaccinating their children brings it back. And if you have a family member, a small child under the age of five that is diagnosed with whooping cough, everybody has to go on an intensive antibiotic regimen in order to make sure that you're not just transmitting that through. I mean, that's one person that now has five outlets that are all going in different places. Mom's going out and doing her things. The kids are going to school. Dad's traveling overseas and bringing God knows what when it could have been solved by a shot. And there's no conspiracy theory. There's no evil pharmaceutical corporation that is trying to control you or manipulate you. It's just a load of bullshit. And that's the worst sort of ignorance that, that I think I, I can imagine. So, yeah, that's my worm tongue okay. right there. And I think worm tongue is a good <laughs> a good description for it. Okay. All right. So my one of my friends in college, her name is Callie, and her brother was her worm tongue. And he talked to her in a very in a way that would set her back in life in a lot of different ways. He would calmly at times tell her how she was incomplete of a person or how she was not uh, good enough and would lovely. constantly bring her back to uh, it, it, no matter what she did, if she excelled in school or she did really good um, in other areas, he would bring her back to this level that you're never going to be more than what I basically have kind of prophesied over you. You're, you're just not going to be good. And so one of the the things that I know, so given the, had they come to their senses uh, and listened to you, would uh, their fate, what would come to the fate of the worm tongue? Well, we finally were able to convince her that like he was just feeding her just negative, negative, negative all the time. And finally, she actually was able to be like, be done, but it caused... Keep your fork tongue behind your teeth. <laughs> yes. Well, and the whole... F- it was a, a rift through the whole family. Like, they don't talk anymore. Oh, wow. And it was that kind of, oh, should, should I have done, you know, should we have influenced her to like really cut him, you know, we pushed her to, you know, hey, you know, don't listen to him, don't listen to him. And then she really did not listen to him and was like, you're gone. You Don't talk to me. Like, I realize now that you're just, you know, such a negative influence on me. And watching that, we're like, oh, man, maybe that was, was that the best move? I think so. I mean, you know, mm. she, she's better, but seeing the ripple effect from that one little pebble uh, really was crazy. And so just knowing that 
when when we talked to him later on, we saw that his dynamic had changed because he didn't have that power over her. He didn't sound as confident when you, when you talked to him before. It was always like something that he kind of treasured that he had that impact in someone's life to gaslight a family. Yeah, it, I, it was weird, but. After that, you could tell that the wind was out of his sail and he was, your staff is broken. (laughs) (laughs) It was, it was intense, but, uh, please tell me you referred to this guy as the witch king of Agma. (laughs) Uh, He was not our favorite, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, I had an uncle. He uh, removed his kids from a Catholic school because they celebrated Halloween. (laughs) <laughs> okay. Because it was pagan and satanic. Our Bible club on campus just had a Halloween party today, which I found amusing and pretty neat that they were open to that. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, Easter? Rabbits? <laughs> yeah. What does that have to do? I mean... Find the chocolate Jesus. They're, they're, They've they're, they're dovetailed paganism oh, yeah. into Christianity it there. Did, like. People will pick and choose... And they'll they'll decidingly make it black and white and only gray when they see fit what they want. But Drew, I interjected. Go no, ahead. you're fine. You're fine. Yeah. So back in the day, one of my best friends was dating a gal whom at first we all thought was incredibly charming and rather delightful. We were wrong. <laughs> I mean, he, she started basically like, you know, taking him like away from us and like manipulating him into it always had to be about her and her choices. If we had, we'll call it, we'll call her Sharon. We'll call her Sharon. Sure. Sharon. Sharon does not come to, <laughs> to burn Rohan's crops. <laughs> A red sunrise. Sharon has been spilled this day. But I mean, even if we if we if we had plans like for like a guys' night, somehow it turned into like she was invited, and now it's like a group thing. But he's only gonna hang out with her, mm. and then if there was ever like a fight, she would manipulate it to her side or like stop him from starting an argument or bringing up his own point i mean not like you literally using sex as a weapon but i mean she would either stop and like go make out with him in like the hallway or something to like interject and like make sure that you know oh, okay it's fine he's he's back on you know my team <laughs> what is she like grabbing his crotch and be like this is mine this is where my babies come from <laughs> i i think like inevitably like, he he didn't want to listen. And I mean, I think it was just, you know, his rose-colored glasses and everything was totally fine. But we're like, no, dude, she's fucking crazy. You don't understand, like, how crazy she is. And, like, he was perfectly fine with her, like, not having goals in life, like, not wanting to go anywhere, like, do anything. Her goal was like, I just want to get married and have babies. That's that was a goal. It. That was it. I mean, and, and it was... And, I eventually like he found out for himself and like that relationship ended and it was it was probably one of the best things kind of ever and yeah now he's now he's married has one of the most amazing people as his life partners and just fantastic I mean I I'm I'm incredibly happy for him do I wish that anything like bad became of you know Sharon no I don't want to wish any ill upon Sharon Sharon eventually got married and uh, had her babies had her babies and that's where she is now fine I, I i wish her nothing but the best 
Is she not with my friend anymore? <laughs> no. Am I happy about that? Yes, I am. Uh, would I have probably heeded my own advice at the time? I can probably very truthfully say that that is very hard to say because me with my own experience with past relationships, I think, uh, I think people who have feelings of, you know, quite, uh, in entanglement with their significant other with what they may see as love or maybe even in love. Like, I mean, you're blind. You're blind to everything that's outside yeah. from what you either are happy with or think is going to make you happy. And despite mindful words from people who truly do care about you, I don't know. You might just cast them aside as people trying to be, uh, you know, mingling. I'm always a little bit suspicious when somebody's mate or wife or boyfriend tries to curtail their already established Friendships. social order. Yeah, or things like and, that. And it's one thing if, like, you're out, like, shooting meth and uh, <laughs> yeah. getting blackout drunk, but... Or whoring it up. Or, or whoring it up, but <laughs> I've said to Anna, like, what's your toys? Like, what's the worst thing I could be doing? <laughs> like, playing Dungeons and Dragons yeah. or magic or podcasting? <laughs> and, 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 and if you go out, what's the worst thing I'm doing? I'm sitting at home playing video games happy as a clam. Yeah. Like, there's no losing out here. Uh, and who are you going to go, like, you know, do strange and, like, dangerous things with? Nathan or I? This no, isn't happening. And, and even, <laughs> no, Jack. And even, and even Cody, like, he doesn't have money to do anything. He's going to do what I want to do. Like, <laughs> And if he's, if he's even at your place, Rape Alley has been clean for months. <laughs> <laughs> he can't go down that road anymore. <laughs> no, but it always sort of crushes me a little bit when somebody gets into a relationship and, like, it's, it's like a total... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like it's like you know it's horse dealies. They don't want to see uh, and and I think like gone. a healthy like absence makes the heart grow fonder. Mm. Like <laughs> I've told Anna several times, like like we should we just stay at home and stare deeply into each other's eyes the rest of the <laughs> night? Like because we we could all use a little bit of a break or a little bit of time apart. Or like she was invited out by her new coworkers for a dinner. You know, like the bosses were buying dinner, and but we had the boys that night. And mm. She's like, "Would you be okay watching the boys so I could go out?" I'm like, "Yeah, like go, <laughs> no play upstairs, go away. or I'll put on a movie for us three. Take your time. I know you're coming back. I've got your boys. <laughs> <laughs> I have your offspring. This is, this is fine. And, and we we grilled I found these boys in my apartment. <laughs> while 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 I was grilling, you know, hamburgers and hot dogs and roasting broccoli and making tater tots, you know, the oldest was upstairs on his Xbox, and then the youngest was downstairs on my Xbox, and they were playing Battlefront together. So they're separated. They're not. But together. They're not. But they're together. But they're they're not like. Fighting over five the feet from each other. Like, no, it's my turn. No, no, cheater. It's like, no, like they're upstairs and downstairs, but they've got their headsets on. They're still doing their thing, but it's not like they're screaming bloody murder at each other the entire night. I mean, you know, you need that. You need a little, little time to yourself, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. For our last segment. But you're part of this world. Aren't you? Now, there's so many causes and organizations that beg for help or support. Mary and Pippin try a few tactics to see if Treebeard will help their friends and change the outcome of the war. What is the most noble cause that you didn't help? And or what is the dumbest cause that you did support? 
And what is the tactic that worked or did not work? So, I have a big problem with unsolicited requests for charity. So, when you're checking out at Vaughn's, and they're like, Oh, would you like to give a dollar to the children's? Or would you like to give a dollar for breast cancer research? Or even now with Amazon, like, if you sign on sometimes to Amazon, mm. you, you want to buy a book or get whatever, it's like, Amazon charity you want to give? Do, do you? I don't know <laughs> where my money is going. You're telling me it's going to charity, but how much of that dollar is actually going to charity? And then if it is a significant amount of money that you want to give more than a couple bucks, you're giving them the tax write-off for that. Yes. Like, where if you give yourself, you at least get to reap, like, not only the moral, but at least the financial benefit of that. So, I always get a little bit pissed off when you're checking out and the checkout person is overly like, do you want to give to breast cancer research it's like well you know i already do i've got like six family members who have either survived or are undergoing breast cancer treatment i don't need to be asked to give when i'm checking out milk and eggs but what i do do is there's a uh, a group of um i think it's one of the like adult uh, homes that is uh, special guys, special individuals, Down syndrome guys uh, and gals, and they sit outside of Vons and they don't heckle you, they don't harangue you, they just say hi, and then they usually hand you a sheet that says like, "Today we're gathering for." you know, like the Stockdale basketball team or the Stockdale band so they could go to this or we went the other weekend and they were gathering for the homeless and they gave you a list of things that they needed like, you know, canned tuna with the pop top or individual things of peanut butter. And if you go shopping like that, like I'm happy to pick up like a a six pack of Jiffy individual peanut yeah, butters yeah, sure. or, or stuff like that. And they don't heckle you. And if you say no, they're just like, eh, fine. That's all right. Like somebody else will say yes. So anytime I see them outside the phones, I'm always like, well, what's like, what's today, sir? Like what, what, what's the cause today? And I'm happy to do that. I also do poppies on veterans day. And, mm. uh, I always try to give as, you know, as much as I can to the bell ringers for the Salvation Army during Christmas. Cause it's fucking Christmas. Yeah. I, I hope that when Jack does that next time and brings them a, a can of spam, they go, look like meats back, back on, the, on menu. the menus, boys. <laughs> but no, they gave like you a printout and that's great. It's, I, I hate it when people are just like, yeah, just give money blindly. But it's a it's, smart it's, way it's, to do it. Yes. You're already in there shopping. And they're so pleasant and just... And some of that stuff might have coupons available for it. Yeah, but at least I've got a good idea where it's going. And and fuck, if it's the most nefarious thing I can think of, getting these boys some snacks, (laughs) I've got no problem with. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. So, one thing that I do not directly support and i i really should but i don't do it all the time and that is whenever i get hit up by my students who are either in choir or band and they're like the band's raising money and i'm like are they are they the band's always raising money you little shit (laughs) choir choir's raising money for our you know show choir we're gonna we're gonna do this i'm like that's fantastic or they're like, oh, my God, we're raising money. You know, the anatomy, uh, you know, uh, they need f- uh, money for the field trip to go on, you know, this thing. Okay. Do you want to, like, buy, you know, a ticket to the uh, the bingo night? And I'm like, no. No, I don't. Do you want to support this? No, I don't. I'm sorry. I'm not going to. And the biggest thing that I always have, like, an excuse for is literally it's usually events that they're raising money for. 
if I can't go to the event, I'm not going to buy a ticket for it. Yeah. So I'm not going to waste I'm not going to waste money on that. And the things that they usually bring for band inquire, they're like, do you want to buy like holiday cookie dough? And I was like, I really don't. Because I don't want to, like, I don't want to bake things that I'm not going to eat. Yeah, I mean, I can buy it and then bake it for others, but I could also just go buy cheaper cookie dough. You want some shitty summer sausage? No, no, I'm okay. Thank you. (laughs) And I mean, it's it's something like that. I mean, it's nothing against, like, their fundraising efforts, but I mean, it's just, I don't want the stuff that you're, you know, trying to get me to get me to get. And again, it's nothing against what they're selling. It's nothing against what they're, uh, you know, technically trying to raise for, because I should technically support my students. but. It's it's not I'm not really going to be enjoying what I'm buying at work. Like every coworker is always bringing in those candy boxes mm. and it's, you know, like a dollar for a candy bar. And if it's the Nestle Crunch or like the off brand puffed rice chocolate bar, oh, you've earned my dollar. <laughs> but those I buy every caramel that I can get my hand on because I'll keep them for. Uh, OK, I'll be honest. I split half for me and then the other half I give out as like prizes. But there was somebody and they were they were selling these weird chocolate covered candied pretzel sticks and oh yeah and i like pretzels as a savory item i don't like them as a sweet item and they're like aren't you gonna get one (laughs) no i don't think i will well you bought nestle crunch bars from her last week well she was bringing the good stuff (laughs) maybe you should try it sometime karen (laughs) karen a fundraiser that i uh, you know okay this is a completely different type of fundraiser that I, I shouldn't endorse, but I do. And it's whenever I see like a D&D Kickstarter, they don't need my money, but I'm going to give them my money, <laughs> especially if it's a product that I know that I can use. Like, I mean, I donated for things uh, like like Nerdarchy put out a new book that they were making. And I'm like, yeah, totally. I want a hardback copy of that. That thing sounds amazing. The, uh, the Gygax uh, Sons made a book dedicated to creating like a whole campaign setting completely dedicated and uh, devoted to their dad kingdom and warfare just uh launched kickstarter yeah see stuff like that don't put that near me like i'll i'll put money into it and i'll be really happy to get it but it's gonna go on (laughs) it's gonna go on a shelf and it's gonna sit there until i maybe use it yeah i feel you well my uh charity that i don't I do not give to, and I probably should, uh, is the homeless. I have a very strong distaste for the homeless. Uh, being in <laughs> property... No, 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 I'm no, with I you. Uh, being being in property... statement. I understand what you mean. I just don't care for them. Uh, I don't have a heart for them. I know that sounds absolutely unholy, unchristian. I, I get it. I do property management for a living, and so I deal with that crowd quite often. Their network that they have of communication is outstanding of how to break into properties, what properties are available. They symbolize um, a lot of things, a lot of things that they are, I sometimes overlook, like their mental health, mental health issues. I need to remind myself that they're not all that way, mm-hmm. but I just can't bring myself to contribute to their fund, especially if they have a tasty Taco Bell uh, or a oh. Little Caesars, and I'm in my car. <laughs> And I don't have Taco Bell, and I would love to get Taco Bell, but I don't have time to get Taco Bell, and I don't have, or I don't have the funds to get Taco Bell at the, I'm just like, you know what? No. No, you don't get it today. Sorry. There was a, homeless, there was a homeless man in LA, 
and they did an article oh, on him the, in the LA just Times. One? No, hey, <laughs> but it was one one. <laughs> there was like one particular guy in LA. Or besides the ones that they ship up to here, yes, from uh, LA yeah. and Santa Barbara. Oh, that's a myth. No, but, it, but I mean, this guy made. I think the article was saying like he made like seventeen grand a year from panhandling, and it's like you are just at poverty, not broke and homeless. You are just at the poverty line. Yep. Like, I think the poverty. What are you line doing? Was like, what twelve thousand? Was it okay? Okay, he's above the poverty line. Good God! I mean, either way, like the fact that you know, I th- and I think I saw him once going like driving to L.A. He had his cell phone and a frappuccino in his hand, and he was on the off ramp like panhandling and thinking, "Put that stuff away." <laughs> You're not going to get money. That's showing behind the curtain right there. (laughs) So, yeah, at our homeless summit that our company has to go to. um, You have a homeless summit? (laughs) Shouldn't they call it like a homeless plummet? (laughs) Uh, Well, no, it's it's an epidemic. It is happening. No, it's, it's like I've been in Bakersfield for 11 years now. And it like noticeably over at least the past three years has gotten so much worse. It's gotten worse because now, like, they're trying to get them out of downtown because they want to, like, beautify downtown. They want to make it nice and safe yeah, and for so people. They're, they're, they're wiping their asses on the suburbs. I, they are. They I mean, have a group that goes by and cleans human feces. It, yeah. There's gover- There's now city ordinances to, to deal with that. And it's like, deal with the problem. Yeah. Deal with the issue, not don't cope with it. Don't, you know, give the, uh, it, it's well, a whole, well, the thing, it's a whole other podcast. The thing that gets me is like, there's, there's homeless and there's homeless. Like there are the homeless people that I've been seeing around for the past decade that like, I've got like nicknames for like there's camo man. Yeah. Who just <laughs> is always head to toe dressed in like the, like homemade camouflage and mostly they're harmless. They, yeah, they don't ask you for anything. And then they're basically just homeless junkies that always a have charged cell phones. Mm-hmm. Uh, and where do they, where are they charging their phones? And then they could go into, they post up, they post up outside my work and like you can watch outside the window, like dealers drive up in their cars and make drug deals. And it's like, by the time you call the cops, they're gone. And then the cops don't want to arrest them because they don't want to have to inventory their shopping carts full of shit. (laughs) So it's just like this sort of everybody's looking the other way, except for the people that see them every day and sort of worry like, well, maybe one of them really needs a hit. And that's the day that my place gets broken. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, Organizations that I have contributed to or things that I have contributed to that that don't necessarily deserve it or I shouldn't be that excited uh, that I get. I'll give two. The first thing is anytime a kid or any group is doing a scavenger hunt. Oh, well, that's just no, 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 no. I get so excited for <laughs> them. That I'll come I'm with just, you right now. We're going to find all this shit. <laughs> I'm like, what do you need? What do you need? I, uh, another group's coming? I'm not going to give them shit. Don't you worry. We're going to win. Okay. Uh, brass button? Honey, where's the brass buttons at? <laughs> I go so crazy with it. I'm just like, yes, yes. How many can I give you? <laughs> Sir, we're only allowed to accept one item per hour. Shut up, Cindy. Like, I'm giving you everything. We're crossing off. I'm this Peter. List. I'm Paul. I'm Jake. 
Jacob, I'll give you all the shit you need. Let's do this. <laughs> so yeah, I I should. It's such a small thing, but I I should be giving that can of food or whatever that they're doing this. You know that paper clip. I should be getting that excited for actual charities and actual ordinances that do things. The other thing that I gave money to is a Kickstarter for a worship band to go on a worship tour for a church. Not my church, not my... I I don't know. I think the tactic that really got me was one of the chicks was really hot. (laughs) And I was just like, ugh. Did you want to be Nicolas Cage behind her in the choir? (laughs) (laughs) You want to come over to my place, get sanctified? Peach. I could eat a peach for hours. Yeah. (laughs) Face off. But... I don't know why I get like, I just was like, yeah, they deserve money. And I look back and I'm like, what? No. Tell your mother I said hello. (laughs) So, so that is, uh, that is some of the dumbest things that I, I contribute to. See, I, I couldn't, I couldn't do that because I I can't think of anything that I've been like, I know this is stupid, but here's my money because I'm usually like. This is my money. <laughs> yes. You. See, that's why the things that I shouldn't, at least I'm going to get something back. Well, and I got, I think I got like a t-shirt, but it's like, mm, this t-shirt is like easily like $3 and I'm giving 20. You know, I'm not coming up out of this, but maybe it is that like I'm getting something out of it. And yeah, that's why I enjoy the fact that like most scavenger hunts now have turned into digital scavenger hunts. So they have to have oh, a, fuck a that. picture of something. No, no, that's, no. that's oh, well, okay, then. old school scavenger hunt. You got to get up, get out, find your shit. No, I mean, like you still go to places, find and, a red and, race car, and find it. But like you take a picture of the item, like someone in your group is holding it. So you don't have to actually like take the person's no, stuff. There's it's a transaction. It's the person that you find it from has to be willing to give it. Yeah. <laughs> And that's, I, I think that's, that's a beautiful thing. So this movie was Lord of the Rings, the two towers. <laughs> we completely, uh, man, we, sorry. These we had, we had half the episode dedicated to the review. The other half dedicated to us talking about stuff. But um, did you guys like this movie? If I had to rate it. Nathan, Ooh, let's rate it. Uh, I would rate it a full brace of conies. Ah! Not a half, not a quarter. But a full brace of conies, because there's only one thing to do with a brace of conies. <laughs> that's fucking watch it. And, and enjoy it. Drew? Mm-hmm. So there's no break in the ring. It's actually, it's an infinite loop. So, I mean, and if there's one movie out of this entire trilogy that I could watch on an infinite loop, it'd probably be The Two Towers. Okay. I, I wholeheartedly endorse The Two Towers. My eyes were Legolas's arrows and Aragon. What you know, wargs, and he's just picking off the wargs. No, Aragon is telling me to take him down. Stop, you know, stop. Help! And the two towers <laughs> is rushing towards me with, <laughs> with its lit. And I, you just let it dive I in. Just, I just one watch, <laughs> two watches. <laughs> Doesn't matter. I want to do a third, but it, and it, it gets me with the shield wall explodes you're like i gotta watch one of three now i have to do more this movie's amazing i i love this series i love this movie uh in particular and i'm really glad that we got to do this movie so uh drew where can they find us well they can always find us on the interwebs just search real feels podcast you can check us out on pretty much any podcatcher out there you know 
iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, Podcaster. I mean, it's everywhere, folks. Go out, spread the word, ride with the Rohirrim, tell them all about the real feels. You can also uh, catch us up on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram or send us an email at realfeelspodcast at gmail.com. So our uh, Patreon for this episode is the uh, We've Come to Honor That Allegiance mm. Patreon. Uh, if you have a difficult task or errand such as staining the deck, driving a fan full of screaming six-year-olds eight hours round trip to their soccer tournaments, or maybe just dealing with your in-laws for the evening, or perhaps you just need a few more men to round out a paintball team. Uh, for $12,000, yes. the Real Feels podcast will show up dressed... As a man of Gondor, a master dwarf, and an elf princeling of the woodland realm, we will be yours for the day to help in any way we can. We will bring along some salted pork, fresh lembus bread, along with plenty of green dragon's finest ale to wash it down with. I just think of this uh, a paintball match and I'm just like, five randos <laughs> against 20 professional SWAT players? <laughs> See, I'm, thinking, going, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of the van full of six-year-olds and one of us turns Thaden style just like, what would you have me do, Master Stigroff? <laughs> the courage hangs by a thread. I'm gonna put on like the little outfit and Where going. is the horse and the rider? Like rain down the mountainside. How okay? If you're, if you're, I will, I will sound the horn of Ham Haberfell one last time. (laughs) If your king is just going, who am I? Would you not be like, oh? No, you're no, no, you're out. You're done. I know you. You go sit down with the women and children. You're done. I will be king for this fight. You are. If you're asking me who you are, and you're just like in this weird trance, like where was the home that was like no, 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 no. for death or Rohan? No, no, suicide? No, 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 no. Like suicide pack. Yeah, no, no. Okay. Well, everyone, thank you guys all so much for listening to our 2002 Lord of the Rings Extended Edition. Is it 2002? Yeah? <laughs> yes, okay. 2002. I thought that was a... Mm. <laughs> um, we will be back in two weeks with our Chick Flick! Ow! I'm and bringing you a good Chick Flick. Don't look at me. Drew's uh, got it in the uh, in the package. Yeah. It's, um, it's and all then ready for... After the Chick Flick, we have uh, scheduled a very Real Feels Christmas holiday special. It's going to be a good time. And then two Patreon specials. It feels like Christmas. Real feels, it's here for the season. <laughs> so until then, thank you all so much. You are the realest. And the feelest. Roast chicken. <laughs> <laughs> but I will die as one of them. <laughs> 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 <laughs>